listen up. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the podcast participants and not to any participants, employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. You know, for fun. So lighten up and enjoy. Hey, Sawtooth. It's me. I'm alone. Stomping Jen is not here with us this week. Now, 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 don't worry. Everything's fine. Um, this week we are going to be broadcasting our appearance that Jen and I made on the Break Your Chains, Find Your Flame podcast with Steve Opalenik. So um, we had a lot of fun appearing on Steve's show. It was a great conversation. I really enjoyed the opportunity just to sit back and be a guest. So uh, we wanted to play that for you all this week. Um, So hope you enjoy it. And we will be back next week with another awesome guest. And then after that, it should be just Jen and I with lots of amazing, awesome updates for you about everything that's going on with us. So um, without further ado, I hope you enjoy hearing us on the Break Your Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. Creamy, delicious ideas without the creepy truck. Well, welcome to the podcast, everyone. We have a very special treat. We have the dynamic duo of Western Mass, the Batman and Robin of Belchertown, Stomping Jen and Satu Frank. Hey. Welcome. Hi. Thank, thank you for having us. It's a honor to be here. Uh, well, you know, I had to return the favor because you were both so kind for having me on. I had toyed, Jen, I had toyed around with um, introducing myself to you on uh-huh. this podcast, yeah. just based on like the joke of when we met in person, you didn't recognize me because I had a mask on. <laughs> and I know that, I, I know that came up on uh, Bonnie Lynn's uh, podcast too. So I toyed with it, but then I figured my listeners wouldn't really quite <laughs> understand the joke. But, yeah. You know, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. I had a mask on and a hat on. So, you know, kind you of know. incognito. All the you things. Know, Captain America hid in plain sight with just his hat down really low. So I, I get that concept. Absolutely. I see you have a Captain America shield in the back. I do. That thing is awesome. Yeah, I made it for Halloween one year. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's got leather straps on the inside of it, and so you can actually wear it on your arm. Oh, fun. Yeah, I love it. It's in the office because we don't have too much Captain America stuff at home, so. Is he your guy? Is he your... He is, yeah. uh, Very nuanced, you know. Um, I think the old school Captain America, if you look at it, is very propaganda mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But as, you know, everything evolved through the years, he's kind of become a symbol for more about equality than, you know, the American way, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I like the um, chaos creator type uh, characters in the comic books. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Harley Quinn. And like Loki. <laughs> Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. That's more uh, my spirit animal. Yeah. I was going to say, I have to say, I appreciate Captain America so much more since the movies and Chris Evans took on the role. Because honestly, like, I didn't know much about him um, before that. I kind of was aware of some of the the jokey attempts at 
making Captain America live action before Chris Evans. Yeah, I just I, I love what they did with it. Yeah, the the '70s Captain America is really interesting. I actually had a signed picture of that from that actor who would ride a, a motorcycle and have a Captain America helmet to protect him. I actually just saw a clip from that the other day where he threw his motorcycle up onto a castle wall and then jumped up to ride it to chase. <laughs> that, that's one way to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, I mean, it'd be pretty intimidating if a villain's running away. Ha ha, I'm free. And then all of a sudden they're on top because he just chucked a motorcycle in there. But yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Deadpool. Actually, on the office door, I have Deadpool mm-hmm. um, because when I see people in person, I still require them to wear masks and it just says please wear a mask as you enter and Deadpool kind of like waving its finger mm-hmm. so I like those chaos creators too and Loki was such a good show mm. Disney Plus one of the best yeah, ones for sure WandaVision also amazing for sure I loved Loki I, I loved alligator Loki he was my yeah. favorite character on that <laughs> <laughs> for I was re- alligator Loki for Halloween this year Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> for for real. I know it's ridiculous. I just I loved everything they did with that character. It was so great. Yeah. Loki. And you know, you can't hate on Tom Hiddleston, right? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know who he was before that. And I kind of fell in love with him during Loki. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he was in the King Kong remake. Uh, and he was okay in that with with uh, uh pre what's your last name, right? I'm losing my nerd card here. I can't remember her name. Yeah. Brie Larson? Brie Larson, yeah, yeah. They were both in the King Kong remake. So. They were? Yeah. Skull Island, I think it's called. I don't remember that. I mean, I remember oh. the movie, like, vaguely. <laughs> <laughs> we watch a I lot. We watch a lot of stuff, so it all mm-hmm. kind of, like, it's buried in the recesses of my brain. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, a lot of the movies are, are repetitive, so they kind of blend together for me as well, too. So, I get that. Well, you know, we've spent the first 10 minutes just talking about movies and comic books, and I love that. Um, I'm wondering, so I usually start off the podcast with people giving their or- origin stories, so I'm wondering if both of you could kind of give your origin stories, so <laughs> to speak, as to who you are, what you do, and what your passions are. You go first. Who are we? What do we do? <laughs> I don't know. Like you want like our personal history or our personal shared history? That's a that's a question. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B maybe. Yeah. All right. Let's see how short I can make this without <laughs> turning into an hour. Um, so I'm a Jersey girl. Uh, I have now spent more time in Massachusetts, though. Came up to school uh, to UMass. Um, I met Brad um, when I was a sophomore at a poetry society uh, meeting, um, and I knew I was going to marry him. <laughs> and now he's leaving. He's like, I'm done with you. I'm just going to get you more on camera in case Steve wants to use this. Okay. You're more interesting to look at than me. Keep <laughs> oh, going. are we on camera? I don't yeah. even know. Um, I should be looking at the camera then. I, I don't I don't usually do that. Um, so... Uh, so yeah, so so Brad and I have been together now a very, very long time, uh, <clears throat> since 1996. Is that right? Yeah. That's a long time. That is a long time. A very it's, long time. <laughs> what is that? What's 30 minus 4? <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. I believe it's 26. I always do the math and I can't. It's, it's a ridiculously long time. Um so uh, so we live here now in Western Mass, and we have two children and lots of animals. And um, about two or three years ago, uh, Brad invited me to sit down with him and do a podcast. So that's, yeah. that's a quick up to speed, and then I'll let you take over. I loved, I loved your origin story, Jen. <laughs> it's great. Great hearing you it, talk about it. Started it started in Jersey, right? Where yeah. in Jersey? Um, Monmouth County. Um, it's a town called Manalapan. It's okay. 20 minutes from Asbury Park, which is my favorite um, place on earth. I used to live in Elizabeth. Oh, okay. And I went down there after college, and then I worked in Bridgewater. Yeah. For a little bit, so. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, the Cliff Notes version of my origin story, I guess, is I 
left home the day after I graduated from high school in 1992 uh, from a North Shore, Massachusetts town called Danvers, Massachusetts. Now, um, it doesn't get the recognition it deserves because that's a place where the actual witch trials happened. Um, It used to be um, part of old Salem. Um, So Salem and Danvers split at some point. And what is now Salem got all of the recognition and money for being the place where all the spooky stuff happened. So <clears throat> I always like to remind people, Danvers is where the uh, the real witch stuff happened. Now, can, can I interrupt you for two seconds? Yeah, go ahead. So I recently saw a post, and I don't know. I think it was from the town of Salem official. <laughs> they were they had some like memorial service where the like witch stuff actually happened in Danvers, and they were like, "Oh, in this small town of Danvers." And I'm like, in my head, I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so. Um, and you know, at, throwing shade at Danvers. Yep. Right? As as a Danvers native, I still carry that chip on my shoulder all these years <laughs> later. Um, so yeah, no, I I left the day after I graduated high school. I joined the army, spent a couple of years in the army, and it was in the army when I was stationed at Fort Devens, Massachusetts, um, with nothing to do in the evenings, where I discovered the rebroadcast of the Howard Stern show on WBCN. And I remember listening to it for the first time, like hearing Howard talk to this woman who, you know, we all know is Robin Quivers, his, his uh, co-host. I remember like thinking to myself, I'd never heard anything like this before. I've never heard people just talking on the radio, like in that way. And at that point, it was 1994, I think, or 1993, I became a, a Howard Stern fan. And then I, I listened to Howard Stern for probably 25 years, like every day, never missed a show. So like, I fell in love with the medium of talk radio uh, through Howard Stern. And then um, I went to college, I met at UMass Amherst, I met Jen here, um, you know, we, we did that thing that people do, right? We fell in love, all of that stuff. Um, all that stuff. Yeah, I work. movies. Yep, I was a, a microbiology major in college, um, so going I got... real deep in there. I'm going deep. This is this is the origin story of... Um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta add the of, of nooks Bra- and crannies, you know. Of Brad, a.k.a. Uh, Sawtooth. So, um yeah, I got my first job um, as a salesperson in medical diagnostics. I didn't last long because I I don't do well with rejection. It's not a good quality in a salesperson. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. Tough um, then I kind of found my niche for about 10 years doing medical writing for a, a company outside of Boston. And that was, that was really great for a time. But then we, uh, Stomping Jen and I, began uh, having babies. So... I wanted a change. Um, I wanted to work a little closer to where I lived here in Western Massachusetts. So I quit that job. I went back to school, got a master's in education, and uh, started a doctoral program there. Um, then quickly realized that wasn't a good idea, going from a master's right into a doc- doctor's program. So I got a job. Yeah, it was a lot. So I got a job at UMass, um, where I where I currently work now. And um, and then somewhere in there, like three and a half, four years ago, I began like really falling in love with podcasting as a medium. Like, so, you know, I started out by listening, you know, mostly Joe Rogan is, is somebody who I was really attracted to at first in terms of just his ability to sit down and have conversations with people for like three, four hours. Um, and just in the most wide ranging of topics. And my, my, my podcast palette, uh, broadened out from there. I listened to all sorts of things, you know, I li- listened to UFO podcasts. I'm wearing my UFO t-shirt. Um, you know, I listened to a bunch of political and news podcasts, you know, history podcasts, eh, true crime. I love true crime. So, but at some point I was like, you know what, I would love to do my own. Right. And so I began seriously playing around with that idea. Um, and I had started off wanting to do it with my friends. So if you go back and listen to our, our back catalog, like a lot of my early episodes have a group of my, my friends who I play video games with every week. 
at and but they uh they didn't share the same passion for it that I do. Um so they kind of lost interest pretty quickly and then I was like, well, there's one person that I can I know I can talk to. I knew I was in this origin story. Yeah, you're, you're, you've, you've made an appearance. <laughs> you're a side note at first. Yeah, I know, right? This stuff happened. Yeah, you've, you've popped up here and there. Yeah, um, you're like the radioactive spider that bit me. Yeah, you know I reference you throughout the story. Yeah, um, it's how I got my powers. Um, but anyways, like so, I was like, oh, okay. Um, I live with somebody I can talk to pretty openly with and be pretty freely myself with. Let's um. Let's see if Jen is willing to do this on a regular basis. Jen was actually on the first episode um, where we just talked about our cats. And um, so then Jen was like, okay, sure, um, as long as you do all the work. I was like, yeah, I can do that. (laughs) She's just like, I just want to come and sit down and talk. I was like, okay, that's fine. And so it kind of kicked off from there. And the podcast has evolved uh, from when we started it three years ago to where we are now. Um, I think if, if you go back and listen to our early episodes and listen to our recent ones, it's very different for a lot of reasons. I think we're better podcasters. We have better, you know, we have better equipment now, so we sound better, that sort of thing. Right. But that's, that's the, that's the brief origin story. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, the, it, so let's say the name of the, the podcast, so listeners can kind of check it out. It's called soft serve podcast. Um, what, what's the reasoning behind the name? Yeah. I mean, I stole it from my friends. Yeah. I mean, what do they say? All good ideas are stolen or borrowed borrowed or something like that. Yeah. So we were, um, there's a annual video game conference called PAX East that, um, me and my friends would go to before COVID like every year. And we were trying to think of a name for our little gaming group and, uh, somebody decided we were going to be soft serve. We thought it would be funny if we made jackets with ice cream cones on them. Like pink lady yeah. jackets. Yeah, like pink lady jackets. And um, I kind of always just, I loved that name, um, you know. And then on our on our website at softservepodcast.com, there's kind of a description about kind of what that means as a metaphor, right? Like, um, uh I think most people love ice cream. I know even lactose intolerant people love ice cream. <laughs> like they're they're like, yes, I may end up being in being severe in the bathroom for a couple yeah, of hours after. But, <laughs> but this dish of ice cream is worth it, right? Yeah. Um, so it's delicious. Ice cream comes in a bajillion flavors, right? Um, and it's just one of like the beautiful things about life is this ice cream. So anyways, I love ice cream as a metaphor and I explain it much better in writing on the, on the podcast <laughs> website. Yeah. I like it too, because I, you know, listening to your podcast and being on your podcast, I think the idea that, that both of you do really well when you have guests on and even when it's just the two of you talking about stuff is you're able to serve these ideas in digestible ways right and soft serve is like the easiest kind of ice cream to eat because mm-hmm. you don't have to do much work but you still get the flavor and you still get the taste and the awesomeness of it oh that's so, perfect yeah. steve i we love need to that. hire you yeah i love that <laughs> for our content writer <laughs> i had uh i hadn't that had never occurred to me but i love that yeah Actually, so going back a little bit, uh, Brad, to your origin story, Fort Devens used to be a place where we went as kids all the time because we grew up on Hanscom Air Force Base because my dad was in the Air Force. And that would be our vacation spot for some, for some Oh, that's reason. awesome. Did you swim and at the, did you ever swim at the lake down there? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we would go there occasionally and then, um, you know, we'd swim down there. And then I, I think most of the night we would just play um, billiards. That's how we passed the time. Mm. We just play pool. That's cool. When when I was stationed there in '94, they were closing the base down, right? So right. Uh, there wasn't a lot of work for us to do. And I had I had managed to get stationed there my last year in the army because I became friendly with this sergeant major when I was stationed overseas in Korea. So I was like, "Hey, can you get me to Fort Devens? It's near the the college I want to go to right after I'm done." He's like, "Yeah, don't worry about it. This is my last year. I can do anything." So he he got me orders to be stationed at this closing base, and so I got there. There wasn't a lot of work to do, and so I began. I got friendly with. Um, 
one of the other sergeant majors at Fort Devens, and he let me be a lifeguard there for five months. So oh, wow. I, I spent I spent a whole summer down there at the lake <laughs> lifeguarding, and then in uh, the colder months, I worked at the pool. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> That's like, um, who, who did that? Um, Clint Eastwood. He was drafted into the army and he was stationed as a lifeguard on a base that was his tour of duty, so to speak. <laughs> that is awesome. I'm so following in super cool footsteps then. Really, really interesting. <laughs> now, now you can use that phrase, make my day more frequently because you're following that. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty awesome. I really I enjoyed my time at Fort Devons. That's pretty. You know cool. what's really funny about that is we still have when they closed. My dad got um, a backhoe from there for really cheap, and we just recently got rid of it. Um, but a lot of our dressers in my parents' house are from the hotels on Fort Devons. Um, That's awesome. Some of the beds that we used to have are also from there because we just picked up a bunch of stuff. That's awesome. It was so boring there. Before I became a lifeguard, I remember um, I was delivering mail one day. So I was like, I'm just going to get in the truck and I'm not even going to hit the gas pedal. I'm just going to idle my way from one end of the base to the other at like two miles an hour. There were no police stations on the base. like So I spent an entire day just idling um, across the entire base in this truck and without hitting the gas pedal. It was, this is how you... This is how you spend time in the military when you have nothing to do, by the way. <laughs> it was awesome. Base life is pretty interesting, though, too, because growing up on them, you know, I remember there would always be a curfew, but no one really cared what we did when we were younger. So we would just be on the base doing whatever and then home by like 530. I always have to stop because at four o'clock they would do, um, you know, the national anthem and bring down all that stuff. So it's a pretty interesting lifestyle to live for sure. Yeah. I only experienced it, you know, as a soldier. So, you know, I, I, I don't have that perspective, but I do remember like seeing families around and seeing kids and sometimes wondering like, where do they go? Like I see them, like they'll pop up at different places, like the rec center or I'll see them at the PX or yeah. whatever, but then they just disappear. I, hadn't, I was like, where do they, where do they keep them? Oh, now we're finding out. Yeah. Well, the answer is the woods. That's, <laughs> that's where I was most of the time, just yeah. building forts and, you know, doing things of that nature. Cool. Very cool. So Soft Serve was born originally friends, just kind of talking and hanging out talking about stuff well, talking I just, about cats for the first episode yeah i mean he he was like i want to start a podcast and i'm like okay i'm like what's your like what's your thing because most podcasts like have like a theme of some sort yeah right he's like yeah. i'm just gonna talk about whatever i want and i'm like um really how are you gonna attract like people to come and listen to it and he was like oh no they'll just come yeah they came <laughs> yeah i mean that you know and i think that I you know I resisted having a theme because I'm I'm so interested I'm so interested in so many things right, right. and yeah. um I know I feel like I could talk about anything right <laughs> yes you can yes yeah, so. this is a true <laughs> statement yes he can talk about yeah. anything for a long time yeah well, this and, is great I'll just sit back and yeah you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean yeah. as as I as I told you um. Steve, before we started recording, like I'm going to try to be a good guest and resist the temptation to um to to take over and drive this th in the way I want to. So, I'm I am not going to take your invitation to sit back and let me pull my. All record. right, okay. I guess I got to go to work. No, it, yeah. I mean, I think when you start a podcast, right, and I think you both started three years ago. That's around the same time we started this podcast. So it was before like pre COVID and then mm -hmm. COVID saw a lot of influx of people starting podcasts and it became a stereotypical, like middle-aged cisgender white straight male thing to do. Right. Which, you know, is true. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think the allure is just having that space. For me, it was about creativity. I, yeah. I really felt like I was missing some kind of creative outlet. Uh, I had asked for, you know, a, a recording system and uh, a microphone for my birthday and Christmas combination. And the 
my daughter and I actually sat down and tested out the microphone before we did anything, just recording conversations between the two of us, which as you could probably guess, are ridiculous to go back and listen to. But there is something about having that space to have it be purely creative and enjoyable, but then also sitting and talking about interests and then having guests come on. I feel yeah. like it's fairly um, cathartic in a way to be able to have that space. For me as a therapist, it's pretty cool because I talk to people all day long, but in this way, I don't have to necessarily have my therapist cap on, but yeah. can still enjoy the process of sitting with people. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it started and he was just like, all right, we're just going to shoot the shit. And then he brought in a little bit of structure into it. He created these little segments. Um, and uh, so then it had like a little bit of a flow to it. And then we introduced uh, this stationary book that had like lists. It was like 300, what was it? 52 lists for happiness. Yeah. So it was a weekly thing. Oh, cool. So it provided a little bit of structure into what we were doing. Um, so we were able to build um, at least like a theme in that way and, and gave us that opportunity to like give us a reason to sit down and give us like, you know, some prompts to talk about specific things. And then when COVID, so, and then we were starting to interview some people, but like sort of like in an informal kind of way, right? Like we would go to events, we would, you know, talk about what we were doing, um, that kind of thing. And we were gearing up before the pandemic to actually have people in person in the studio and do some more interesting things like have musicians and do things. And then the pandemic hit. Yeah. And then... I said, well, there's a whole bunch of people we could talk to via Zoom. Um, and so we started pulling in guests in that way. And we started interviewing people about the impact of COVID at the beginning. It gave us a little bit more of a real, more of a structure to kind of interview people with like a real life kind of scenario. So what was the impact of COVID um, for mental health? What was the impact of COVID to local businesses, like teachers, like all of that kind of stuff? Um, and then it sort of just became this more of an interview style thing. And we, we got away from the segments, you know, the silly, uh, what are, the assholes, <laughs> the assholes of Whole Foods. Or, the, the assholes who shop who at Whole shop Foods. Who shop at Whole Foods. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, our pop culture, you know, movie, you know, stuff. And we would talk about stuff like that, which, so now we've sort of settled into this, you know, interview and then the shows that are just like about us right like the banter that we have has kind of struck a chord with people they enjoy i don't know why <laughs> listening to us chat about whatever is happening in our own lives um yeah and it's interesting we we had the pendulum had swung um at one point during covid to the to the point where we were doing like almost a, a guest every week and not doing any episodes where it was just us sitting down and talking. And I was starting to get feedback from people like, we miss hearing you two together and talking. So, you know, I, about a year ago, I kind of restructured everything. So, you know, we, we only do two guests a month. So, so, you know, it's alternating weeks now. It'll be a show with just Jen and I, then a guest, then a, a show with just Jen and I, then a guest. So, I feel like it's found a better rhythm now, yeah. now that not coming out of the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's the combination of the two things that drew you to podcasting, right? It's Howard Stern. And then you had mentioned Rogan having guests on and talking for three or four hours. Um, for me, it was Tim Ferriss that kind of drew me to podcasting just because of the, the, the interestingness of, uh, that's a word, right? Interestingness. Yeah, yeah absolutely. sure. Uh, <laughs> of like the guests that he would have on and talk about biohacking and, you know, different aspects of that. And his podcasts are a little bit longer too. Um, but you're finding, it seems like you both found your own rhythm to it and like merged the loves of why you were interested in it in the first place too. Yeah. And like another interesting aspect of it is, and I'm sure you know this, Steve, if you do this for any amount of time, at some point, you know, it, it becomes work, right? Like there's right. a lot of, there's a lot of preparation that goes into, you know, having a conversation with another person. I mean, I know you can, I know, and people have different styles. I want to leave room for that. You know, the yeah. way, the way I tend 
the way I tend to approach a guest is I do a lot of reading on that guest. I look at all of the materials they send and I, you know, I spend probably two hours sitting down and thinking about a structure and a framework for what I want to chat with them about. And, you know, I, I will write out topics or questions and, um, you know, so like, even though this is my hobby, I don't get, you know, we we're very clear about this. We don't get any money. We don't have any advertising. This is all like, you know, a passion project for us. Um, and, uh, where did I, where was I going to go with this? Um, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot like, of work. <laughs> even though it's, it's a lot of time, even though it's a hobby. Um, yeah, but, yeah, sure. um, I you gotta know. say, like, anytime I finish with a guest, though, like, I come off of it and I'm like on such an adrenaline high, right? And I like, I just love sitting down with people and I still get like super nervous anytime I'm oh, he does. gonna talk to a new person, you know? Yeah. Um, and just, and it's that not knowing where it's gonna go or what, what is gonna come out of this nothingness, right? That we're, we're all stepping into this uncertain space. And it's a, tr- you know, and it's a trust fall too. Cause a lot of the times that people don't know us, like, and yeah. I, I don't know, I often, you can tell I've done this long, <laughs> I've done this long enough and talked to enough people where you can, you can tell the people who are like, okay, are you going to do something stupid? Are you going to sandbag me? Are you going right. to be mean to me? Like you can kind of just feel it and sense it from people. And I take like very seriously the idea that these people are our guests, right? And we have we have to treat them with respect and not not do anything for not do anything not sensational journalism. Let's yeah, put it that and, way. you know, so that's where that's where I might be different than somebody like at least early Howard Stern, right? Who had no no qualms about embarrassing his guests or putting them on the spot or pushing them when they signaled they were uncomfortable. I mean, he's changed a lot um, since yeah, he's. Yeah, there's been a lot of change in his format. Yeah, since he so started going to therapy, <laughs> he's, he, he has he has he has changed, but he doesn't do that stuff anymore. And from what I understand, he's apologized to a bunch of people too that he treated badly. So, anyways, I take really serious. I, I take it seriously, even though it's a hobby. Like, so you're telling me I should cross off the roasting section <laughs> for this episode just to be more appreciative. Roast away. Yeah. We can handle it. <laughs> this is it. your podcast, remember? Yep. <laughs> We're just talking about our podcast. No, I, I think you're right, though. I mean, I, I think I, I still get nervous before I record with people. And, you know, my job is to talk to people every single day. And there's at first, you know, I when we started doing this, it was very much like, well, do I have to record today? Maybe I'll push it back or, you, you know, some of that anxiety spiking. And then it's become one of my favorite things about podcasting is like, oh, this challenges me. And I like to be in this space where I don't have full control. And yes, there's some control in the editing process, but it's kind of cool to just be in that space and just have it go whichever direction it goes in. Do you do a lot of editing? Uh, Not much. Uh, I think early on I was really... So I, I think I told you this when I was on your podcast, I was really focused on taking the likes out or the dead spaces. And then over time, one, it was like, I just don't have time to go through every minute of the podcast to edit it. But there are some editing I'll do if people say, oh, I don't really like how that how I worded that. Can you take that out or can you adjust that? Um, you know, if they if they have qualms about it, I'll go back. Most of the editing is just taking snips of it for teasers. And then I usually put like a little snip of the conversation at, in the beginning music just to, uh, I don't know, I guess entice people to listen yeah, past the one sense. minute mark. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That absolutely makes sense. Yeah, I think but we yeah. take we take a similar approach. I do minimal editing and usually only if somebody's asked us to take something out. Right. Um, and I, and I think there's a beauty to that because it's real conversation, right? And I think one of the things I love about it, I, I don't know how you both feel about this, but uh, the idea that it's genuine conversation and there's room to be real and make mistakes and to take ownership of those mistakes is really enticing to me um, about the process. Yeah. And um, Yeah, I, yeah. I think so too. And that's one of the great things about having a co-host 
because um, Je- <laughs> Jen is always bailing me out of mis- trouble. I mean, this last this last podcast we, we recorded, um, I was just a mess for whatever reason cognitively. That <laughs> when we recorded, I couldn't remember anything. You bailed me out. Thank I you. Did bail you out. several times. Yeah, but I mean, you do the bulk of the work, so right. Like, um, let's be real. Um, you spend all the time in preparing the interview and um, leading the interviews, and people sometimes are critical and they say I don't speak a lot, but or that they want more of me. But like you know, really, you're the main interview person, right? Like you've done all the research, you've done all the back. not that I don't do any <laughs> research on people. But like, we, who, are we ta- who are we talking to today? Uh, yeah, but like you know, sometimes a lot of the time. <sighs> Eight out of 10 people I have found somewhere out in the world and asked them to come on the podcast for whatever reason, because I'm interested in what they're doing. Um, They're doing something cool. It's something, a topic that I'm interested in. Um, So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to hear the answers too. So, and I'm so grateful that and Brad spends all the time that he does to do the work. And then he does all the social media and marketing afterwards. So I really, um, I told him, I said, this is really your passion project and I'm happy to assist. And this is the ways that I can help. And so we're very clear about the boundaries and like who does what on the show. Um, sometimes he wishes he had more help, but I just don't have the capacity to give to it that. <laughs> it's fine. I think it's working. It's fine the way it is. Sometimes he, goes, he goes, we need an intern. I'm like, we can get an intern. <laughs> yeah, but then you have to talk to an intern and then you have to like communicate. You know what I mean? You have yeah, to like yeah, yeah. work with that person. Yeah. You have to give up some control too. Um, yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very much the, I'll just do it myself type of person. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the dynamic has worked. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think it's really enjoyable. It's really fun. <laughs> you could tell we've been married forever. We're just we're for for the listeners, we're just smiling at each other like annoying married people. If we if we had like uh animations in this podcast and I used a lot of videos, there'd be hearts kind of in between your, your eyes blocking. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean I think the, the beauty about this stuff is that it's a passion project and there's no pressure to conform to like a corporate, well, this is how you have to do it or add saying, well, we want, we want it a certain way if we're going to fund you. Yeah. And that's where the, you know, the creative ingenuity kind of comes from. It's just like, oh, this is for us. Uh, I've had guests before ask me, well, how much do you pay attention to how many people are listening I said early on, I paid a lot of attention because I, I wanted to know the demographics. But now it's like every once in a while I'll check. But it, it really is more about hey, if one person listens and can get any any insight from whoever we're talking to, I, I think that's a, a net win for me. Mm-hmm. For yeah, the- I totally agree. And when we're asked the question, I just I respectfully um, choose not to answer it yeah. um, for a lot of, for a lot of reasons because. Um, it's not, it, it really is not about that for me. Um, you know, stomping Jen will tell you, um, if we didn't do it on a podcast, right, I would go on for 25 minutes walking around the living room complaining about being pee shy in a restaurant, right? Like, <laughs> I, I, you just posted something about uh, being Yeah, pee that's shy. why he's yeah. mentioning it. <laughs> on, on a recent show, you know, I, I talked for 25 minutes about what a horrifying experience it was for me to, have to use a all um, gender um, bathroom, bathroom, right? Um, being somebody who suffers from this condition of shy bladder syndrome, right? Like it just it the, the, it upped the social anxiety to another level for me, and I was unable to pee. Anyways, my my larger point is, um, I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna go on that rant and complain to Jen about this, whether or not it's in front of a microphone or not. <laughs> so, um, you know, for me. You know, maybe somebody else out there will get something out of that conversation. Because you know, I'm I'm just going to get real for a second. Like shy bladder and being pee shy is something I've suffered from all of my life, and I have felt alone in shame about it. Um, right. And I know there are other men out there who have who deal with this problem. It cannot just be me. Well, I mean, so taking that subject and applying it 
across all of the podcasts that we've done over the years, right? Like, we literally will talk about everything in our lives, right? So a lot of times, you know, it's, it feels almost like therapy, right? And Brad will talk very openly about, you know, the struggles and challenges that he has with himself and my, and I will also, you know, talk about stuff, especially when we did like the list challenge and, 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 um, subjects like that, you know, so having, you know, you know, we've talked about, you know, topics like miscarriages, like I've had a misc, you know, things like that. Like, and it helps to like sort of give a platform for subjects that people don't ordinarily talk about, um, or, you know, so we're just ordinary people living our lives and we're talking Speak about for yourself. There's nothing <laughs> ordinary about me. You know what I'm saying, Steve, right? <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. I, and what I love about it is like, that's why I think there's a draw to podcasts, especially during COVID is that here are genuine conversations about stuff where, you know, you're putting out there, we're, we're putting out there things that most people don't talk about. And, you know, I see it in therapy a lot. People will come in and they'll have a smile on their face. And I was like, hey, what's, you know, what's going on? How, you look like extra happy today. And they'll share something that seems heinous because it seems like they're taking joy from someone else's misery. But they say, well, you know, I just found out my friend had something similar ha- traumatic happen to them that happened to me. And it feels weird that I'm happy, but I feel seen. I feel validated by knowing that other people do that because part of these stigmas is that they really isolate and so you know brad you're talking about having a shy bladder and if you feel like you're the only person who's dealing with that then you kind of turn inwards and start to judge yourself but as soon as you hear someone talk about it say a younger version of you hears someone talk about it as openly as you're talking about it on the podcast like oh that's a thing i thought that was just my quirk oh okay so there's value to the fact that i'm not the only person out there dealing with these these things yeah like no no joke it's like in the last two weeks i found out it's an actual medically diagnosed condition i had no idea no idea and i have like dealt with so much social anxiety about this like my life (laughs) it's turning into therapy again well no i just just, like feel it no 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 but you know, I'm just, I'm just saying, like I hear the 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 hoops and tricks that I've learned to be able to pee in comfort are astounding. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, the podcast, yeah. So <laughs> okay. and for whatever, this is, this is, this is yeah, and for whatever reason, I'm somebody. I, I like to complain. I like to, you know, again, poor, poor, poor Jen. No, I just will go on and on and on um, like a dog on a bone about stuff. So why not? Why not do it here? Right? Absolutely. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah, whatever. Sure. Yeah, I, it, that's great. I, I love that you, the two of you have that dynamic and it, it plays off each other really well. Mm. You know, there's this grounding force, I think, with Jen, which is why I think, um, you know, not you doing the bulk of the talking all the time. I think when you do come in, it's really grounding. Mm. And so it's fun to have that back and forth. Thank you. Yeah. But like too, th- I mean, there is a lot of stuff we do keep private just so people know it's like, not a know, lot though, well. apparently because there's stuff you talk about sometimes. I'm just like, okay, like a 20 minute conversation about why I don't like fruit ice cream. I mean, like who cares? Right. <laughs> I care. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> but I mean, I think the way he posted on social media, it's intriguing because I, I saw that and I was like, oh yeah, that's interesting. I, I guess I never thought about stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, I can't even express to you, like literally the first podcast, like where he referred to earlier about where we sat down and talked about our cats for like an hour and a half, right? Like, you know, but the other interesting thing about, uh, what we've been doing and what we've been doing over the years is we've, we've talked to like so many random people and family members. Right. So there's also now this living history that we've created for our own children. And in the future, like, you know, like one of the things like we, we, I intentionally asked Brad, like, can we interview my mom? Right. Like my mom was sick with cancer and she passed away four years ago, but like we have like a recording of her right now that like we talked to her about candy or some shit like that, right? Like it was a benign conversation that now we have like a living history. So, 
you know, there's some surprising things about doing the podcast and, you know, and, and who knows what comes out of it. And every conversation is different. And, you know, that's the fun part about doing it. So, yeah. That's great. I also, um, recently, I'm sure you've gotten many of these, but what I found was really interesting, I think right around Jen, when you were running, uh, in Belchertown for office, Mm -hmm. I believe someone, Brad, you had posted that someone had uh, trash talked the podcast or posted something on oh, yeah. the yeah, sign or something. About they that. vandalized a local street sign, so um, you can still see it. The name of <laughs> yeah, the name of our podcast is Soft Serve Podcast. Somebody wrote on a street sign, "Soft Serve Shitcast." <laughs> still there. It's still so there. there. Still there. Yeah, but I love how you responded to it because it was almost like, "Oh, this is like a badge of honor." Oh, I felt like, like, yeah, I felt like I had made it. I immediately ran out, sped in my car uh, to the location and took a picture. So in case they erased it, I, I still have it. I mean, that's the funny thing about like, you know, I mean, I take for granted that I know him so well that I like, and like our, our friends, like we all knew like he wasn't going to respond like, oh, that's bullshit. You know, like we knew he'd be like psyched about it, you know? That's yeah. how I felt the first one-star review I got. <laughs> exactly. The, time, yeah. the, the timing of it and a fallout I had with a friend was very suspicious. <laughs> um, but it was also kind of like, okay, well, you know, like I'm putting stuff out there that makes people think at least. And exactly. We did a, a stigma is curable event uh, last year, which was like people coming in and talking for uh, things that were stigmatized each month. And first time we did any Facebook ads or anything to get people to come to the conversations. And I can't tell you how many people came and posted ignorant stuff on those Facebook ads when it was about racism or sexism or something of that nature. Same thing, Brad. I would take a picture and send it to my brother and sister and say, hey, we're doing something right. Like we're, we're challenging people. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And that's it, right? Um, it's not good for anybody, I think, to um, how do I want to say this? Uh, not be challenged in that way. Like, and there might, you know, I've gotten a few, a few one star reviews, like on on Apple Podcasts, that have made me step back a little bit and think about, all right, maybe there's something to that. Right, you have. Yeah, I mean, just you know, like there's this one, there's this one comment that said, I um. The, the host's halting and unusual speech pattern is very off-putting. Yeah, but that's how you speak. <laughs> I know. But, so, but what I'm saying is, like, there have been times where I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to talk a little faster. I'm going to try to keep the energy level up. Uh-huh. That's all. Yeah. I'm just trying, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to take the, what are, I think, intended to be hurtful comments and yes. see, maybe there's something in there I can pull out of that. Mm. Maybe there's some valid feedback in there somewhere yeah i think sometimes there is and sometimes people are just being asshats you know <laughs> yeah um because they want to i mean i've had friends who have podcasts who make comments of like um oh you know you have a lot of the same people on it that that kind of comments like okay yeah i can diversify who, who's coming in or like different topics and things of that nature but then and people, sometimes people are just trying to be hurtful to get a response or the bear so to speak yeah yeah i don't know yeah and i think i'm at a, i think i'm at a point where i can sufficiently compartmentalize that stuff yeah sorry my throat's going on i'm gonna take a drink oh yeah no <clears throat> i don't know we're, we're just gonna watch you as you drink <clears throat> nobody stomping jen has left a negative comment about you all the negative comments have been about me Oh, there's no. I shut off the. There's no sound effects so on the board. I, I will say, Jen tried to hijack Steve's <laughs> podcast by hitting one of our sound effect buttons. I, I have so much respect for Steve that I disabled the sounds. I love it. Though. Well, we just have dinosaurs roaring in the background over here. So there's some it. sound effects that are happening. Nice, it. nice try, stomping Jen. <laughs> Foiled again. Yep. That's right. I'm a well, chaos creator. It's been awesome to talk to both of you. Um, I, I always end the podcast with two questions, so I'm going to post it. I, but for, for right. both of you, I have three because I know how you both like to end your podcast. So I have a twist on your last question. Okay. I usually ask. But the two questions I'm going to ask you are 
superhero related. So the first is, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? And then the second would be, what do you believe is your true life superpower? Okay, I have answers already stomping Jen. So oh, you do? Yeah, but um, they're so good, I want people to wait to hear them. So I think you <laughs> should go first. I don't even know. Wait, what is the question? What superpower would you have? What yeah. superpower would I have? If you could have any superpower. If I could have any Believing superpower. Believing you were in a world where they existed. There's so many different superpowers. You have to pick one. This is like getting ice cream with you, by the way. You look at all I, of the ice creams and I'm you're like, very, which one do I pick? I am extremely indecisive. It is true. One superpower. One superpower. Of all the superpowers, what would you pick? Well, I wouldn't want to be able to fly because that's scary. <laughs> it would be a hard way. Like, I've played around with that too. And it's like, well, what if it just stopped? <laughs> and you're, you're I fell there, out of the sky. Uh, you know what super superpower I like? I like it when people can transport like from place to place because I, I I hate like yeah. That's a good one. I would do that. What do they call that? Teleportation. Teleportation. Yeah, I would want that. Like a night crawler type of. Uh, yeah, like pop. Like all of a sudden I'm behind you. Do you yeah. want us to both answer the same question yeah, at the yeah, same yeah, time? Okay. Why don't we do that? Yeah, mine would be immortality, without a doubt. 100%. I want to outlive everyone on the planet. I want to I wanna be the last thing alive in the universe. That's what I want. I am terribly afraid of my consciousness fading out into nothing. I want it to be here forever. I want to see everything. I want to see people turn into robots. I want to see the end of human civilization. I, I want to see it all. That's Immortality, without crazy. a doubt. You'd be like yep. Highlander. Yes. In the cloud clan. Yep. You know, but I won't fight. I refuse to fight. It ha I'm, it's not. Well, why would Why would you even fight? Like the only way Highlanders can die is if their head gets cut off. Why would you say, "Hey, let's have a sword fight"? I'd be like, "I'm going to go live in a cave, so I don't bother." Anyone. I'd be walking around with one of those diving helmets on. That reminds me of. So I, I put some thought into like the zombie apocalypse, mm. and one of the tricks I had thought about was why aren't people wearing like. Um, shark suits around in zombie apocalypse yeah know, right so they don't get bit yeah because if sharks can't bite through them no one's gonna bite through that with human teeth by any means that makes so, sense steve yeah. i've thought that's about that first, too uh, do you own a shark stop. suit just in case i don't but that might be that might I'm be on the shopping list <laughs> just like yep. starting to load up on zombie apocalypse stuff oh my god sure. i'm with you we've talked about this on the podcast like i would die like, I would just roll over and die. Brad's like, I have a whole plan. Like, we're going to go here. We're going to do this. We're going to do And he's like, I'm going to take the kids. I'm like, all right, you do that. Yeah. yeah. My favorite compliment I ever got from a, a friend was we were living in Northampton and we lived by a grave, uh, like a cemetery. Mm -hmm. And they were saying, like a friend of ours was saying to us, um, hey, don't you get nervous what if the zombie apocalypse happens like, oh i live with steve i'm good to go and I was like, yes nice. the best compliment of my life <laughs> well i'm gonna come find you and we will you guys can go we will start the zombie apocalypse together. we will start the survivors club when the apocalypse happens awesome all right so second question what do you believe your true life superpowers are oh true life superpowers yeah oh well that's easy for me go ahead uh connecting people like seeing the big picture yeah. Do you have any other ones? Loving you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, emojis. All I know, ones. right? No. Uh, sorry. And we really are like this. It's so sad. Um, no, that's my big one. All right. I think mine, I think, is, I don't quite know what to call it. I th um, it's being able to read other people's feelings. It's like empath. And I'm sorry. I'm going to like, going a little into therapy here. Um, I've talked to my therapist a lot about this, this ability to meet somebody and kind of like sense how they're feeling comes from a, a pretty traumatic, uh, emotionally traumatic um, upbringing. He's like, oh yeah, that's just a typical survival mechanism. Like you got to be able to walk into a room and read 
the temperature. So he's like, you're really good at reading people's faces and blah, 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 blah. But I feel like I have like heightened abilities around that. It makes sense too. My guess would be that you probably have heightened senses around some stuff too, because your nervous system is always keyed up. Yeah. Oh, I'm like incredible. That's that's him. If being, if being jumpy and sensitive to loud noises is a superpower, I have that. You have all of that. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's a super sensitive human. Yeah. So, yeah. So that I think I would say, and it's, it's, it has served me well in, in lots, in lots of situations, you know, I've, I've tried, um, over the years I've tried to see it as a positive, you know? So, yeah, I would say that also I have a really good endurance, um, like physical endurance, um, in terms of like, like, hiking and walking not so much with running but like i can just hike and walk forever i feel like i could um there's a stephen king story called the long walk have you read it yeah so basically it's a story of these these, these people they have to walk from point a to point b and the last one it's just they have to he, keep walking he lives right like yeah. that's the deal and it, it's like a group of people and the last one standing wins. And I think I would win the, lo- the long walk. Didn't, we were on a walk and you told me that in the long walk, they had to maintain a 15 minute mile. Yeah. Four miles per hour pace. Oh my God. I don't think I could do that though. No, that's I'm pretty, not fast. That's a, lot, yeah. that's a pretty intense. Yeah. It's pace. almost running. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's a good premise for a book. Stephen King's fantastic. Yeah, empathy, endurance, and oh, um, oh my God, he has sense so of many smell. Super- sense of smell. We already talked about how sensitive you oh, are. Okay, sorry. in all things. Yeah. So, st- just real quick, stomping Jen can tell <laughs> you, you. Can't shut up. <laughs> I can walk. <laughs> I can walk into the house and be like, "Who cut a scallion?" Yeah. Yeah. Why no, didn't you I turn on? Yeah, I why can do that. Why didn't you turn on the fan? Yeah, why didn't you turn on the fan? My sense of smell is that good. Mm. All right, I'll stop. That's Blessing a, yeah. and a curse. So my take on your your last questions about uh, you know abnormal experiences or stuff that you've experienced that um, can be explained is a little bit more plain. I guess <laughs> it would be what is something that you've both experienced that um, for all extensive purposes is normal and plain, but spoke out to you as like, yeah, that I've never, that's not normal for me. What? That's not normal for me. Right. I so can, like, it, it's a concept that people do all the time and it's just like an I can, everyday it, thing, but for you, for you, it's like, it, no, that's out of, abnormal. You can't I'll use go, I'll, peeing in the bathroom. I won't. I'll go first. I'll lead by example because I know what Steve is asking, I okay. think. Um, okay. So something something that I think a lot of people can do and take for granted as being normal that was really hard for me was, was saying the words, I love you. Do you remember this, Stomping Jen? When we first started dating, now, Stomping Jen had to... I, I mean, lead me to the water. You know, I was a, I was a a wandering, um, a wandering creature in the desert, right? Starved, starved for the the sustenance and thirst of love. Now, so we were dating, and you know, we were, um, you know, um, doing the things that dating people do. And one time, stomping Jen was like. I need I need to hear from you if you feel this way that you love me. I don't remember and this conversation. We were we were lying on the futon bed at Colonial Village. <laughs> this is another superpower he yeah. has, by the way. In Amherst, I remember it. I wasn't wearing a shirt. I was wearing my green khakis. And you were laying next to me, and I was like, I can't say it. I was like, I physically can't say the words. Right, because uh, Steve, I grew up in a family where people never said that to each other ever. Like, I don't think I've ever said "I love you" to my father or my mother, who's who's passed away. But, um, in fact, I remember I have a memory of being so sorry. I have a memory of being like five and saying "I love you" to my mother good night, and she's like, "We, you're too old to do that now." And she walked out of the room and closed the bedroom door. <laughs> like, gotcha. I remember. 
So think of that as a metaphor for everything else that followed up to this point where I'm lying next to Stomping Jen on this bed. And I'm like, I cannot say it to you. She's like, yes, you can. We'll do it one word at a time. <laughs> She's like, say I. This is my superpower, apparently. <laughs> so I was like, okay, Dealing I. with Brad. <laughs> and then, you know, we went through the whole thing. Say love. And I said, love. Then she said, now say you. I was like, okay, you. She says, you can do it. Now put it all together. I was like, no. She's like, you can do it. And so I did it. And I remember feeling like uh, something in me broke open. And now I say it like 20 times a day and it's obnoxious. Well, it's beautiful though. But so it's that, beautiful. yeah, so that's a thing I think that was like that. Um, I forget how you framed the question, but I think that's a that's an appropriate answer. Well, I didn't question. frame it well, so so yeah, let's forget but, how it was framed. But yeah, something that to you to most people seems normal, but might be abnormal. To yeah, you. follow that up, Jen. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, it really was the whole point of this podcast is to put you in an awkward position like that. Oh my God. There's so many things people do that I don't understand. Um, like Christmas and like women who love like Christmas movies, like those Hallmark cheesy movies or like, you know, shabby, chic, like signs and flags. Like why do people put flags outside our house? We have flags outside our house. I don't know why we have them. I can answer those questions. It seems so abnormal to me. And um, like gardening. <laughs> I don't know why anybody wants to do it. Everybody loves it. I'm just like, I don't want to go outside. Um, it's fair. Stuff like that. I don't know. Is gotcha. that kind of no, your yeah, question? No, that makes sense. Yeah. It really, it's not to call you out on it, anything. I just like, I really liked how. Um, you know, Brad would always end the podcast talking about these these things that are um, undefinable sometimes. And yeah. I, I think That's... there's a lot of perception that goes with that. Yeah. Can I can I share with you, Steve? That is the number one reason why we end up cutting stuff out of the podcast. By the way, is the answer is to these question. questions? Yeah. People will say stuff that they end up regretting later and ask us to cut it out. So if you there are off, there are often times where in the moment they'll be like, "Ooh, I shouldn't have said that. Can we re-record it?" So I'll re-record it. But yeah. if you hear a podcast and that question's cut out, it's probably because <laughs> they, they asked yeah. us to. I mean, yeah. gardeners are going to come after us after this yeah. podcast, but I, I'm going to leave it in because I think you yeah. know I think we can stand up to gardeners. I think that's fair. Not if they have garden weasels. Do you remember that tool? What's a garden weasel? And so it's this like um, oh my god! It's like a claw on a pole See? that you jab into the ground and you twist it and it pulls up the weed. That's a garden weasel. He loves talking. Have you noticed this? Well, and it's perfect for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Can well, I just talk? Goes, to, oh, sorry. See? Oh no, go ahead, Beth. I wanted to address this flags comment that Jen made because <laughs> I feel it has. To, I'll be quick. I feel it has okay. to be addressed. Um, the reason I hang these flags, right, is to show support and affiliation for various things. Yeah, that, I mean, that part I understand. Okay. But it's like, you know, like when people put like the season flags out, like it's July 4th or it's Halloween or... Yeah. I don't get it. They're just celebrating. Uh, well, so like, Jen, how do you feel about human flags? Because that's a move I like to work on in my exercise routine. And, I've noticed that. That's pretty impressive, Steve. I gotta you tell you. Against it. Like, I'm really nervous now. To, you got some like post. serious ab work going on there. That's all I gotta say. I can't even do a plank for 30 seconds. I fall down. I'm yeah, a I mean, the human flag's only like four seconds. <laughs> it just looks impressive and still still motion. It's like, oh wow. I'm working on being a human tarp. <laughs> oh, that's I like that. That's I just I just lay on the ground. <laughs> Cover things right <laughs> that takes zero ab work. <laughs> I don't even think I have abs. It depends. Are you a tarp on the front side or the back side? Both. One would, he flops both from one side to the other. I'm just a rib cage on legs at this point. <laughs> 
that note, okay. thank you both for coming on. Um, I really appreciate thank the you time so and much. talking. This has been really fun and enjoyable. Thank and, you, uh, thank you for having us. It, w- yes. it was really a pleasure, and it's it's it is so nice just to come on and be a guest too. Yes. So thank you, absolutely. Thank Glad you. This world of ours, ever growing smaller, must avoid becoming a community of dreadful fear and hate. Those who have freedom will understand also its heavy responsibility. That all who are insensitive to the needs of others will learn charity. And that the sources, scourges of poverty, disease, and ignorance will be made disappear from the earth. And that in the goodness of time, all peoples will come to live together in a peace guaranteed by the binding force of mutual respect and love. I shall never cease to do what little I can to help the world advance along that road. 